the Broadscast. Broadscast. Broadscast podcast. Sam Chang. I'm here for her takedowns of fools. Georgia Twist. I had a moment where I thought that's not his name. I'm going to redo that. Danielle Huntley. Fuck you, Sam Vanessa Yang. Jing. Vanessa's entire purpose to make me feel old. Expert wag reporter Mallory. I don't like to be bamboozled. <laughs> Vic actually just got the sweatshirt that says Mock Girl Summer. And that's one secret I'll never tell. XOXO, Gossip God. Hello and welcome to the broadcast. Thank you for joining us, your local hockey girl gang, to talk about hockey, sports, culture, and whatever is going on in our brains this week. I'm Georgia, your host, and I'm joined by the rest of the broads, aka Danny, Sam, Mal, and Vanessa. And so this is our first annual Broadsy Awards, where we are going to celebrate what we think are the most iconic sports and pop culture moments of the year. In this, our inaugural year, we have five categories, which we will get to soon, but we're just going to start with a general discussion of some of our favorites of the year. So I think we'll start with favorite book of the year. Who has a favorite book that they read? I don't really ever read that much nonfiction. I mean, that much fiction. I only ever really read nonfiction. Um, so my favorite book I read, which I just thought was really interesting, like literally the book is just called The Spanish Inquisition. So I thought that was very interesting. But I did actually read a book that was fiction this year. And I read The Goldfinch, which has been like critically acclaimed. So it's not like I'm like this cool new underground book. It was like the first fiction book I'd read in like a year and a half. So did you watch the movie? Apparently the movie was bad. I think the movie was probably bad because the book is like 800 pages and is like very convoluted. Hmm. Interesting. What's that book that's really depressing that everyone reads? A Little Life. Have you guys read this book? I've read 500 pages of it. I dare you go read the Wikipedia after we're done here because it is, I'm not kidding. It's Yeah, I I was telling Georgia about how I read like 500 pages of it and I was like, damn, this shit is really depressing. And then I like looked up just like a plot summary and I was like, this is not going to get any better. And then so I quit. Which also the thing is I read like the first like half of it in like a couple days. So it was like really. Real depressing. Uh, Anyone else? Book, book of the year. I prepared my list like with 2020 titles and I didn't read that many 2020 books that came out in 2020, but I did read Mariah Carey's biography. And that was really good and really interesting. She talks about a lot about her childhood and like a lot of racism she experienced and stuff like that, which was really like hard and sad to read, but important. And then she also talks about stuff like her and Derek Jeter. So that's really fun too. And then I also read the Hunger Games prequel. And that was, that was all right. Like it was about President Snow and like how he became who he was. So like it is kind of centered around a villain. So it was, it was it was all right. It was like a seven out of ten, I would say. I did read all the Hunger Games books back in the day and love them, so that's why I felt like I had to read it. Sam, Vanessa, I think my two favorite books I read this year are probably one is called "Ask Again Yes" by Mary Beth Keen, and it's really hard to describe. It's basically about these two kids who were like best friends growing up next door, and then something really traumatic happens, and they get like split up and. It's about how they kind of reconnect later on, but it's it's really well done. And then the other book that I really liked was In Five Years by Rebecca Searle. And I also can't describe that one, but it was fiction and really good. 
I actually don't read that much, and it's kind of embarrassing, but I do have a Kindle, and it is my New Year's resolution to read more. But I have also started A Brief History of Time. Which, yes. Way to jump right in there. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big cosmology person. I love space, and so I'm excited to finish it. I So a 2020 book that like actually came out this year that I think was really good is called Boyfriend Material. I cannot remember what the guy's name is. Alexis something, I think. Anyway, it's really good. It's a romance. So I recommend that one. As has been previously noted, I read about six romance novels a week. So I've read like around 150 books this this year or something. A book that I read this year that did not come out is Normal People. And I recommend that to anyone. It's a quick read. I second that. Really fucking good. Normal People is really, really good. Yeah, I need to buy her other books. Um, Sally Rooney is the author. I, I just bought it. Conversations with Friends or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I just bought I it. I have not read it. Okay, let's transition into TV show of the year because mine is pretty easy. And that is Normal People. <laughs> the TV show, <laughs> which people should watch. It's on CBC Gem. The app is free. It's also on like, I think BritBox or something. It's a really, really good show, especially for people in our generation. It kind of speaks a lot to our issues, particularly with anxiety and just general life. So Normal People was my TV show of 2020. My TV show um, is Insecure on HBO. It's a really, really good show. And the last season was, I think, one of their best seasons. I think it's a look at... um, an accurate look at female friendships, especially, and how they work. I think that is often missed a lot in TV shows. And it's just amazing. Issa Rae is so talented as a writer, director, producer, actress. She can do it all. Comedian. Yeah, she's the best. And also The Last Dance was amazing as well. The documentary that everyone knows about. Michael Jordan and all that. Mine is Succession. Yes! <laughs> there are only two seasons, but I got into that this year. Um, I don't know when season three is coming out, but that was a good one. Georgia and Vanessa took mine. Those were my two. Was um, Normal People and Succession season two. I think I watched five episodes, or no, four episodes of Succession. And then I stopped. I can't remember why we stopped. We stopped. And now I like can't get back into it. And I'm annoyed because everyone's like, season two was amazing. Season two is like the best season of TV. I think I've ever seen. Oh, damn it. It's so good. Uh, Mel? I don't know. I've been watching a lot of America's Next Top Model recently. Like, I, like, consistently watch TV shows that are, like, not good. So, I don't know. Did you watch Queen's Gambit? I did watch Queen's Gambit. It was good. Yeah, I really liked Queen's Gambit. Uh, what else have I watched? Your F1 show that... Yeah, that, that was a that was a choice. I don't remember who recommended it to me, but somebody was like, "You should watch this. It's a good sports documentary. You like sports documentaries?" And I was like, "Yeah, I do." And um, today I read a bunch of things about like tire diameters. So uh, I think that I have like poisoned in my brain. Cheer came out at like in January or something. That sounds like a long time ago, but that was also good. I've gotten really into Below Deck. Bloated Mediterranean is really fun. That's the only one I've seen, but it's really fun. Yeah, I liked, I haven't watched the latest season, but I liked Below Deck because I liked the chief stewardess on it because she's like a total bitch and I love her. But yeah, I got really into Below Deck. 
Okay, best movie of the year. I can safely say I don't think I saw a single movie that came out in 2020. Have you seen Emma? Did you watch Emma? That's oh, my... I did watch Emma. Emma okay. is so good. It's Emma so good. Emma is so good. Okay, I lied. It's incredible. It's so good. Emma is the best movie. I saw one movie in theaters um, this year. I went by myself, just like on a whim, just went there, and um, there was like five people in the theater, and it was pretty funny. And it was X Men New Mutants. And it was really terrible, and I was really pissed I went. <laughs> the X-Men are, like, my favorite, too, and I keep going to all these new movies, and I just leave extremely disappointed and angry, and then I have, like, nerd rants where I just, like, go off about stuff and nobody understands, so. <laughs> oh, I watched Little Women. I know it came out in 2019, but I watched it in 2020, because, like, I think Sam said this before, like, you kind of, like, didn't really want to watch it because you're just like, oh, another Little Women movie. And that's, like, how I felt. So I put it off until, like, 2020, and then I was just like, this is the best, and I've watched it so many times. So I watch Little Women at least once a week. It's so good. <laughs> Not joking. It's so good. I don't even know what came out this year. I'm actually just, like, scrolling through a list of movies because I'm like, I don't know. I do watch Little Women a lot. Did Parasite come out this year? I, I watched it did Parasite not come out this, this year. year. But I watched year. it this year. Like right. that can count. I illegally downloaded Mulan and watched it and hated it. Like hated it. Not good. Terrible. We watched Tenet. Still don't know what happened. I literally went and read the synopsis after I watched it. Don't get it. Did you see <laughs> Sean Avery in it? No. He's I in actually it. forgot that Sean Avery was in that movie. Sean Avery's in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Izzy was watching it last night and he's like, duh, that's Sean Avery. <laughs> I remembered him talking about being in it, but I forgot when I watched it because I largely sat there and was just confused. I don't get Chris Nolan movies. (laughs) Dunkirk was really good. I don't get Inception. I, I like, okay, I actually have like a long list of things that I will refer to as like my straight white boy traits and legitimately thinking Inception is good is one of them. Isn't Interstellar your favorite movie, Vanessa? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I, hate I, I love Interstellar. it Interstellar I love sucks <laughs> no I loved it I've seen it I don't buy movies that often but I bought Interstellar I, I have seen it on Inception so many times oh I used God. to watch it on New Year's Eve a lot I don't know why I love that like it was like my friend and I did it once and then we just kept doing it because we had done it before it's so good I was really and once excited. we did it two years in a row like we had to keep doing it <laughs> Oh my God. I was really excited for In the Heights, and then it got pushed back. Oh, and yeah. same with Black Widow, I think too. Yeah, and I'm literally on Netflix. New Wonder, Netflix movie. The new Wonder Woman movie got put like everything got pushed back, basically. I think the everything got pushed back because they did the thing where like Tenet was almost the like guinea pig, and it did so badly, and so now everything's just being released on HBO Max or whatever. The thing is, like Tenet is just a really hard movie to watch at home. Like, well, it's just a really hard movie to watch. I think about the tweet that it's like somebody, it's like watching uh, Dunkirk as it was meant to be watched. And it's a picture of somebody watching it on an iPod Nano. I think about (laughs) it all the time. (laughs) That's so funny. Okay, any last movies of the year? I'm trying to say there are like Netflix movies, but I actually don't even remember that either. I watched the, that rom-com with emma roberts and it was like easily one of the worst things i've ever seen in my life. it was so bad it was so bad 
I don't know why they can't make rom-coms anymore. Okay, then album of the year. Phoebe Bridgers, Punisher, really good. And then also Future Nostalgia by Dua Lipa, really good. Those are my top two. Mine is After Hours, The weekend. I'm also going to go with Future Nostalgia. And obviously I really liked Folklore. And what about your Sean Mendes? I was going to say that. <laughs> that's my third choice, but Dua Lipa was like the clear number mm. one. I think Danny listens probably to the most music. Yeah, just living alone and having a desk job. Yeah, music is like always, or podcasts are always playing. <laughs> I just don't like to be it being dead silent at home. So like music is always playing. Um, I liked uh, Jesse Reyes, came out earlier, I think around March or something. She's Canadian. It was awesome. I think it's before Love Came to Kill Us was the album. I really liked um, UMI's EP, Introspection, and I really liked the City Girls album, (laughs) City (laughs) Unlock. You say these names and they mean absolutely nothing to me because I like no, no music. It's so bad. I really like R&B and rap. I listened to the Casey Musgroves. Musgroves? Musgroves. Thank you. I had like a stroke halfway through saying that. (laughs) Casey Musgroves album that she, Golden Hour, (laughs) that she won her Grammy Grammy. for like three years ago. (laughs) And I listened to it this year and was like, this is great. (laughs) Really cool. um, so behind. Uh, also, the Charlie XCX album she put out that was like she literally just like made. Uh, it's how I'm feeling now. It was mm. better than Charlie, which she actually like worked more on Charlie apparently and just made how I'm feeling now in quarantine. But it was better. Oh, Gam- Charlie Gambino's March 15 album. All right, I think that concludes our favorites of the year. Don't yell at us for our taste. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. We know. <laughs> yeah. I tweet about Sean Mendez. I don't want your opinions on it, and I don't care. It is time for our Broadsy Awards. Everyone get extra excited. We have five categories. We are going to start with most iconic pop culture moment of the year. Mallory McFall, what is your nominee? Uh, my nominee is um, celebrities saying they loved the film Parasite. <laughs> <laughs> Like, Chrissy Teigen, I think, like, was like, damn, this movie's, like, so deep. This is great. And then, like, tweeted about, like, her, like, live-in maid. And I was like, this is about you. So, that's yeah. my favorite pop culture moment. That's that's a good one, actually. Mine is the fly on Mike Pence's head. I forgot about that. Jesus. <laughs> Didn't the fly have a Twitter account in, like, a minute? Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait for historians to look back and be like, I'm going to read this through a pro-structuralist critical lens, the creation of a Twitter account. About the fly on my Pence's head. <laughs> Danny, what's your nominee? I'm going to go with uh, Celebrity Smells. And I'm going to start with Gwyneth Paltrow and her <laughs> vagina-scented candle. It smells <laughs> just like her vagina. It did sell out also. She released it in January, I believe, and it did sell out. And then I remember when it was coming back in stock, it came back in like the summer because all these articles like went crazy about it. And also Robert Pattinson, he said um, people tell him he smells like a crayon and he was really proud of that, that he smells like a crayon. So yeah, celebrities in their sense. Mine is extremely niche, kind of like in the 
I think it was in the spring. They did like a Stephen Sondheim turns 90 virtual celebration. And one of the things was Meryl Streep, Christine Baranski, and Audrey McDonald doing Ladies Who Lunch, but they were like drinking <laughs> while they were singing it. And the entire three minute clip is incredible. Like it's just perfect. My nominee is, I have four here and I need to pick one. My nominee is Four Seasons Total Landscaping. I can't stop <laughs> laughing about that. It is like truly one of the like, just a cherry on top of the chaotic mess that was Rudy Giuliani in the Trump administration. The fact that it was in a, in a strip mall next to an adult video store. <laughs> just like, what? So that's my nominee. Other pop culture moments that were like quite big this year that were kind of runners up. Um, the Imagine Celebrity song, which hit Twitter and then was rightfully attacked for being the fucking stupidest thing that anyone's ever seen. Bong Joon Ho at the Oscars making his Oscars kiss. Also iconic <laughs> moment um, that turned into some phenomenal Twitter uh, memes. And then the Schitt's Creek Emmy sweep I also had. I don't know. Mm. If, that might be just like Canada pop culture like obsession because we finally got recognized <laughs> for something. That's the other one. I don't know if you guys have any other runners up that you wanted to also mention. I'll, I'll say one that got played way too much was Carol Baskin dancing to Eye of the Tiger on Dancing with the Stars. The whole I, like- I did not even know that happened, so. Yeah. I never, I never watched Tiger King. I haven't either. Moving on to our next category, Broadsy Awards. Most iconic sports moment of the year. Naomi Osaka, for sure. Winning the U.S. Open was my favorite thing ever. I loved how she wore masks every match um, with a person's name on it, representing the Black Lives Matter movement. And I also did love that her rapper boyfriend, Corday, was there with her, like, as her biggest fan and just supporting her. And, like, in the tennis world, they don't really like, you know, like, rap and him and all that. So he, my favorite thing in the background to my main screen on my phone got Georgia's peaches on the one and then my main one is Naomi Osaka and YBN Corday giving the middle finger while she's <laughs> holding the trophy she's because so that's cool. epic she's so cool uh Vanessa what's your nominee I'm gonna stick close to home only 10% of people are gonna think it's iconic but I think the Seattle Kraken name announcement and just everything that they're doing up until now it's just setting the bar. And they are my new favorite team. Thank you very much. That's that's a good one, actually. Sam, what's yours? I have two. One is, like, not really a sports moment. I, I like, loved Alexis Ohanian Sr. just, like, sitting in the stands being Serena Williams' biggest cheerleader and just, like, tweeting about his daughter. That was one. And the other one is probably Maya Moore literally freeing a guy from yeah. imprisonment. <laughs> Yeah, that's who she then married, which, like, yes, also iconic. Okay, Mal, what's yours? My answer is actually Pierre Gasly winning the Monza Grand Prix, which is, like, it was very unique. He's from, like, a lower-tier team. It's very emotional and et cetera. His friend had, like, died, like, a year previously. So it was very, it was very great. It was, like, heartwarming. 
Okay, my nominee for most iconic sports moment of the year. Okay, I I have a joke one and then a serious one. My serious one will probably be Laurent Duvarney Tardif deciding not to play in the upcoming season after winning the Super Bowl because he is a doctor uh, and he felt better about uh, fighting COVID than he did about being a offensive lineman in the NFL. Um, so that's like my wholesome one and my <laughs> my joke one is Corey Perry's walk of shame after <laughs> the, the outdoor classic, which happened almost like a year to the day that this episode will probably be released, but is that was an iconic sports moment. So that that as well. Any other honorable mentions? Kimming. Kimming, yeah. WNBA and their activism. Yeah. I just had like one of my things was just their social justice. Also like the NBA strike, like so much happened this year. It's actually kind of wild to think about. Next category, most iconic Canucks moment of the year. Sam, I'll start with you. Chasing Jordan Bennington from the net repeatedly and eliminating the blues. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Did anyone have anything else? <laughs> We're just all yeah. agree with Sam. Related to that, just Tyler Mott. <laughs> yep. Our king, Tyler Mott. Yeah. Um, also, probably Troy Stetcher's goal. Where he and talk about Troy Stetcher today. <laughs> Chris Tannum's overtime goal is really cool, too. The Sedin night <laughs> also happened this year, which is, like, wild to think about. That really um, is, actually. Yeah, I have that because I literally sat here and cried <laughs> because yeah. I went through like my childhood nostalgia it was like I watched my childhood <laughs> it was so weird and I cried and then I was really upset about the fact that they never won a Stanley Cup so the Sedin night is pretty up there also we had like that was around the Kessler like rehabilitation tour that then crashed and burned yep. <laughs> real hard <laughs> Kevin Bieksa, the fact that like Brian Burke and Jim Benning and Mike Gillis were like all in the same like airspace wild. <laughs> that night I have is like one of my most iconic moments of the year for them. I would also say probably Demko's last three games against Vegas. Yeah. Because that was nuts. That was actually atrocious i cannot believe we actively tried to kill that man on the ice <laughs> yep the last thing i have is the week-long free agency debacle uh pretty iconic <laughs> we not in a positive way nope but still iconic because it was pretty weird that whole thing happening was just wild and then the other thing i have is jacob markstrom which is kind of depressing now but came yeah. back after his dad died and had a really good season. Obviously was like our MVP. And then now he plays for Calgary. Next, most iconic hockey Twitter moment of the year. Okay. So George and I were talking about this when we were just like literally on this call alone. It was just George and I. And the answer is the Matthew Kachuk COVID awareness video that was filmed in his basement. <laughs> His parents' basement. It's so funny. It's His so hands funny. are like steepled the entire time. He's like trying really hard to be serious. 
it's so funny. Hey everyone, it's Matthew Kachuk here, the Calgary Flames. I'm just checking in with you guys. I'm making sure you're staying safe and healthy. And for us to flatten the curve here, we've got to wash our hands for at least 20 seconds. I mean, we have to practice our social distancing. And if you or any loved ones have any questions about your health, please contact your local health authorities. And if you guys have any loved ones that aren't in the same house as you, please contact them via FaceTime, calling, texting, whatever, and just check in with them as well. You know, I'm making the most out of a tough situation here. I'm back home in St. Louis, my family. Vanessa, I'm gonna need you to input the audio for that video yeah. <laughs> because people need to understand the way that he says, hi folks. So if we're gonna fight this thing, <laughs> it's so funny. So funny. <laughs> he's just like, he looks like such a Muppet and he's just, he's about not really trying. Knowledge. I'll find it. It's so, so good. Um, Sam, do you have a nominee? Most iconic hockey Twitter moment of the year? I have several. I have several. <laughs> Kelsey Priest. <laughs> I'm going to start with page name searching, <laughs> fighting teenagers, and then deleting her account. It's pretty iconic. <laughs> so that's, that's one. Two, which we've already talked about tonight. My personal favorite is still just like, the 10 hour period of airside menace dragging Jamie Ben. Like just every tweet was art. And then like not to pump our own tires, but genuinely I think our trailer, like our announcement that we were going to do a podcast and then picking up 1500 followers in a day is pretty iconic. That's true. Um, also iconic was our inability to figure out how to properly make that video <laughs> because we couldn't figure out what platform to send the messages on, how to make a new chat, who was going to send what when. <laughs> it's just so chaotic. Oh my god. I was scrolling through my DMs the other day and I was like, why do I have three broadcast chats? And then I looked at it, I was like, oh yeah, those are all the failed ones. <laughs> yes. So funny. Vanessa, do you have one? Yeah, so Mallory changed it to hockey Twitter mid, like, literally two minutes ago. and <laughs> It's because we had been talking pretty, about it yeah. earlier, because George and I were like, we need to switch to hockey Twitter so we can mention the Matthew Chuck video. Yeah. Connect so, Twitter is iconic anyway, so go with the yeah. Connect Twitter one. Elias Pettersson, we go nuts whenever he posts something on social media. So that, I think every time he posts something. Danny, what is your nominee? Um, just the girls of Canucks Twitter. Uh, 2020 was the year of the girls. Like, we started the broadcast, obviously, but also there's a ton of badass, amazing hot women on Twitter. And yeah, we're going to take over 2021. So all you guys can fuck right off and just get off Twitter for us. That would be nice. Girls only. Uh, okay, my nominee for hockey Twitter moment of the year... I'm gonna do it. This was a guy who tweeted in response to friend of the pod Maha during the whole the hockey player should kneel and this guy argued that hockey players could not kneel because of their knee pads which would cause long-lasting irreparable damage to their knees and they wouldn't be able to skate so they couldn't kneel for social justice. In, like, the, like, vein of reply guy situation, two of my favorite moments have been any instance where friend of the pod, Bia Saran, 
or Samantha Chang herself, have been called white on Twitter. It um, happens to be us all the time, <laughs> like so many times. I think it's happened to me twice. My favorite was the time I was like, look, another woke white woman. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Well, I'm people so were calling- Because you guys have pictures though in your profiles as well. Like, holy fuck. And also, Vias is full name. White people aren't, do not have his name. That's just all. People were calling Vanessa Karen too. And I had to be like, yeah. that's, that's not, it's <laughs> not what Karen, Karen has like is. been such, so like, diluted down it means nothing now yeah no it's not just everyone for... complaining about something makes somebody a karen well it also just is an excuse for these like white men to practice misogyny yeah for real versus like yep. racialized people being like uh this white woman is weaponizing her identity against me i have um, another one what actually. is your other one it's it's iconic for all the wrong reasons but <laughs> the tampa bay lightning's stanley cup Oh my god. Oh yeah. Fucking Christ. Alex Kalorn. What yeah. a time to be alive. I'm going through like I'm just scrolling through my Twitter and trying to find stuff. Um, well, Mr. Booth had some iconic uh tweets this year, really yeah. faking everybody out pretty bad. Yeah, he fucked like all of Vancouver media up. <laughs> and so did uh Snoop World. He uh oh, his Demstro Strippers one. I yeah. can't believe people really fell for that. Like national media people. Holy shit. So funny. As as Mallory says in our intro, we don't enjoy being bamboozled. But those were okay. <laughs> um my other ones that like my honorable mentions, I also had the Matthew Kachuk <laughs> COVID video because it's so funny. Clarissa getting Elias Pettersson to do the TikTok or whatever. Uh, pretty iconic. Also, the guy who said that, who, who made the argument that only season ticket holders could critique the Canucks. You remember that guy? That was a fucking full day. Um, and then Brandon Prest. Just like entire meltdown. I'm pretty sure the Hidden Figures thing was this year. It was. Yeah. So, yeah. There's lots of iconic moments actually and you mentioned Clarissa I just want to say like Clarissa herself is iconic Mm -hmm. just as like an up-and-comer someone to watch their writing she brings something so different that nobody else does and covers things in such a unique and fun way that we need so I'm excited to see what she's got cooking for 2021. Mm -hmm. I think 2020 was kind of like the rise of meme culture on Twitter like everyone is catching on now. You're yeah. one of the pioneers in Connects Twitter for it just that. Seems like just such a delayed no. take. No, it's what because. What do you mean by that? <laughs> no, it's because it didn't Vanessa, hit. Memes were not big until 2020. <laughs> no, but I mean, like Twitter. everyone does it. Yeah, it's, I'm Connects talking Twitter. about Connects Twitter, which yeah, I agree with. <laughs> they're they're mainly there's a lot because, of old white men on there. Okay. Yeah, mainly because other fan bases really got like the tumblr swap the philadelphia flyers or whatever are just like tumblr central and it took a while for it to get to connect twitter our last category of the year is misogynist of the year who has a nominee brendan brendan leipzig that this year jesus christ i need to find the one that i wanted to nominate my nominee for misogynist of the year is jason whitlock who went after Katie Nolan this year. 
And also just like, he's an asshole. Massages of the year, Jason Merlock. Good one. Anyone else? Nominees? Yeah, nothing. Mike Milbury. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good. That's, that's a pretty good one. Ty J.R. in with him, too. Yeah. Ugh. There's just so many. There's, There's so, so many. many. There are so many. It's hard to pick. Yeah. Ugh. Gross. Don't be gross. All right, that concludes our Broadsy Awards. On a personal note, thank you so much for listening to us, you guys. This has been obviously like a pretty wild <laughs> five months. Six months. Six months. Yeah. Uh, five months. Five months? Five. We obviously did not expect what has happened when we were literally recording. Well, Mal is still recording from a closet. No pun intended. Uh, and then also us <laughs> recording from like under blankets and stuff in hotel rooms. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We've got to connect with a lot of fun people and we are having a blast trying to produce fun content for you. And I can promise you, Jan 2021 will deliver. <laughs> so thank you for listening. Um, did anyone else want to say anything? I was going to say we have a huge ass surprise for you <laughs> to kick off the new year. Oh yeah. I'm assuming, wanna... assuming it pans out. I don't want to, I don't want to like no, drink something. Yeah, I don't want to jinx anything at all. But yeah, thank you for hanging out with us. It's great. Yeah, we really love you all, especially the girls. We love the girls and the gays the most. Shout out to you. So you can find us on Twitter, at BroadcastPod. You can find us on email at BroadcastPod at gmail.com. Once again, we'll be responding in two to three business months from our email. This has been fun. Happy 2021. Stay safe. Wear a fucking mask. Hit subscribe. Leave us a review. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Mm-hmm.